The consensus of historians and the overwhelming burden of evidence dates the initial stages of the Cold War to well before the end of World War II. The United States would emerge from the war as a superpower with arguably the world's strongest armed forces, sole possession of the atomic bomb, a vastly expanded industrial base, and an infrastructure untouched by the ravages of war. But on the negative side, the country had at best a rocky relationship with one of its wartime allies, the Soviet Union. By the time Nazi Germany and Japan had surrendered, Russia was on a collision course with both the United States and Britain. It was not long before the Soviet Union was regarded as the main enemy by the Western nations. Since it remained a rigidly closed society under Joseph Stalin's regime, the lack of transparency was a major factor driving the Cold War. Because the United States had only a very limited idea of what was going on in the Soviet Union, its satellite countries in Eastern Europe, and Communist China, the emerging confrontation became all the more dangerous. But one of the most secret resources that had greatly contributed to the victory of the Allied powers, the United States and Britain's ability to intercept and read the communications of our former enemies, Germany, Japan, and Italy, both in the clear and encoded, would be quickly redirected to the task of gathering communications intelligence about the new Sino-Soviet threat. It is difficult to imagine, many decades later, just how mortal that threat was perceived to be, particularly after the Soviet Union detonated its first atomic device in the summer of 1949. The prospect of a nuclear Pearl Harbor meant that the United States would rely heavily on an increasingly large and expensive communications intelligence effort. Carter Clark Declares War on Russia in a certain sense, Brigadier General Carter Clark was the founding father of the National Security Agency, NSA. A blunt, often profane, hard-drinking, and demanding individual, Clark lacked the polish of his fellow officers who had gone to West Point. He began his career as an enlisted man and worked his way up through the ranks. Despite a lack of previous intelligence experience and a file drawer full of bad fitness reports, Clark was a real maverick. He was the man the U.S. Army selected to run the analytic side of SIGINT, Army G-2, the special branch. A college dropout, he joined the Army and served under General John Pershing chasing Pancho Villa in Mexico. He was a highly intelligent man and an autodidact. Clark was described by many who worked with him as being a tough, impatient, no-nonsense workaholic, who abhorred conformity and was intolerant of bureaucracy. When things did not get done to his satisfaction, Clark's volatile temperament usually took over. Former colleagues recall that his temper tantrums were legendary. A former Army officer said, I knew that Clark had an explosive temper. Although quite a decent person, he laced his language with frequent bursts of profanity. His detractors, who were many, described him as loud, uncouth, brash, and argumentative, with a tendency toward overstatement when trying to make a point or win an argument. And yet, despite his brashness, gruff talk, and stern demeanor, Clark earned the respect and fear of virtually all the U.S. Army intelligence officials he dealt with. A former senior NSA official, Frank B. Rowlett, described Clark as 
A very unconventional man and a man of considerable moral courage who would spit in your face and laugh at you.